0: Reflecting on the water as the sun shuts her eyes. Don't know why you're copper Watch the tide rolling with the moonlight. Everything is silent. I'm
1: just a
0: Hello and welcome. You are joining us for Missing Magnolias. I am Dr. Michelle Janice, and I am with my co-host Scarlett, whose last name I have conveniently forgotten. We are two gingers who are slowly trying to earn back our souls. (laughs) Today (laughs) we are the Jess Holden White.
1: I have to interrupt you. I've been mispronouncing your name this entire time, and you have not said a thing. I've lost my Louisiana card. I feel so much shame. Anyway, you're doing a beautiful job. I'm an introvert, so thank you for taking the lead, and keep going. You're doing beautifully. No problem.
0: One of our goals of our podcast is to raise awareness and to share the light with victims of crime. We want to make sure that we aren't sensationalizing stories and that we are bringing back this central feature of the victim experience. We had a high profile case here in Lafayette. Holden was victim of a violent crime. He has survived. Thank you, Holden. Welcome.
2: Thanks for having me. I've been using my little platform to bring awareness to my case and then bring awareness to not online dating, but just being careful as to who you meet. Because there's nothing wrong with online dating, I've said to many people before, online dating was not the reason for my incident, it was the person who I met up with it's been approximately seven months since my incident i'm still doing just fine
1: can i just say i've met with you a few times now and you probably get this a lot you're amazing you're 19 you've got your shit together in the way that most adults don't you're amazing thank you so much for taking the time i know you're super busy with school you've got work in between you've got doctor's appointments meetings with the media the da your life has just blown up since the summer. We've had other guests on who can echo that. They're not really prepared, but then something like this happens and there's a lot of aftermath. A lot of the day and day has kind of changed for them in terms of what they have to deal with legally and all of these kind of hurdles. So thank you again for being here.
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, staying busy like this hasn't really been a problem for me. I don't want to be stuck in some bubble of not doing nothing. That's why I'm just happy that I'm always busy
1: took seven months, but the DA is finally able to press charges for the hate crime. Has it been weird having all of this attention after this has happened? And at this point, it's getting national attention. How has all of that been for you?
2: The attention has been very interesting. That's a word I could put on it. It's been good attention, but it's also been bad some people just try to be too much into my area basically they just want to know everything and i'm just like you can't know everything then there's also the rude people who are homophobic it against my views and once i state like i don't care what they have to say their quickest go-to insult is you should be dead he should have killed you you should be dead because of your attitude if that's what you think then it is what it is i mean i know i'm here for a reason you can continue on having that mindset, but just know that your mindset is not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. I seem to say a lot of things that made people upset. And that's another thing that came with like all the popularity of my case. That I was always a very vocal person on what I believe in. And all the people who had opposite views seem to want to comment. And they don't know that I'm the type of person who will respond. I've also gained supporters, but with gaining some supporters, I've also lost supporters because I will still continue to speak on how I feel. Because even before the incident, I was a big advocate for Black Lives Matter, and I'm still an advocate for LGBT rights.
0: I'm so sorry that you have to deal with that. Not only are you a victim of a crime, but there's all of this secondary victimization happening from the community. Could you tell us a little bit about things that have stood out to you, positive or negative?
2: I've had people reach out to me and be like, I went through a similar experience and you inspire me. I've also had people who have went through way worse, try to say that my incident was worse, but I know their incident was like 10 times worse than mine. Like some people have like literally been severely traumatized. My incident was bad, of course, but I'm just happy that I'm able to sit here and make people feel better. It's just what my goal was mainly, just to help people get better and realize that they can push on not to be stuck in some little bubble that they were stuck in. I want everyone to know that they will be okay, no matter how severely affected they were.
1: I just, I'm floored. I I can't believe the things that people are saying to you and some of the things that you've said to me outside of this episode, even on an institutional level, doctors and other people that have just said horrible things that we would consider basically victim shaming. And I know you've encountered a lot of that, but you've also encountered with this community in this area, the Lafayette area, a lot of support as well. What's been something that's been really helpful that someone has said or done that's helped you gotten through this experience?
2: The most positive thing was the GoFundMe. When I first left the hospital, I was out of work because I couldn't use my hands. And I had about 300 in my account and I had to make that last. I was like, what am I going to do? I didn't know nothing about the GoFundMe when I first woke up. So I was like, damn, okay, so what am I going to do? And then they're like, so your GoFundMe's reached $60,000. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, we set up a GoFundMe. I'm just like, oh, wow. Okay, so we're going to have everything covered then. We covered every medical bill because since the incident, my GoFundMe has reached one hundred thousand, no, $111,000. It's went up $11,000 within the past month. Oh, wow. I'm guessing NBC brought a lot of attention to it. The GoFundMe was the biggest thing and it's still helping me to this day. Other than the GoFundMe, it's all the support that I received, I'm surprised that people from all over the world know about my story. I'm just happy that I have all the support
1: yeah, a huge part of your story, your sister Faith, my gosh, what she went through when you were in the hospital and what she was able to do in Raleigh. the power of social media and bringing awareness. The media eventually got the FBI on your case. It's just amazing. How is your family doing?
2: For the most part, everyone's doing good. The day of my incidents, my mom stopped drinking. My mom was a severe alcoholic. It's been seven months since my incident and she's seven months sober. I applaud her every month. She's just like, stop applauding me. It's all for you, but you're also doing good, so keep it up. My sister, when the NBC article published, she read it and she cried very hard. No one's traumatized, but my mom is a little bit. It's only because my mom had a severe incident happen when she was younger. She says I keeps on bringing memories of her incident into it, so she keeps on getting emotional about that.
0: How has life been trying to get back into an everyday routine? School, work, friends? Has that been an easy transition? What's
2: that like? Going back to school was very easy. The only thing that arose was how the chancellor of my school sent out a whole email about me. Everyone was like, aren't you the person from the incident? Yeah, that's me. And they're like, why are you at school? Like, everyone thought I dropped out for a semester. I was like, no. I was in the hospital scheduling my classes. Like I literally was not giving up on school. My best friend Maya has been here for a very long time. She was one of the first people that I called. Her mom has been there a lot for me as well. I guess without them, I wouldn't really be having the mindset that I have right now. Getting new friends is a difficulty because people tend to be like, okay, so what happened to you? And I'm just like, I don't want to tell you. That's when that conversation just kind of gets awkward. Well, I guess you're not meant to be a friend if you only want to know about my incident. Working has been very difficult. My biggest complication with working is at the moment, I work at Canes. We carry around big buckets of lemonade and big buckets of sweet tea. In my wrist, I have a very big, large mass of scar tissue. When I put pressure on it, my whole hand goes numb and pain goes up. I'm just scared to drop stuff and mess up. I'm really just trying to find a job in retail right now. But the biggest problem is they're like, you don't have retail experience, so you can't work a retail job. But I'm like, I worked in the restaurant industry. I know how to sell items. They're just being difficult. And it's like, how do you expect someone to get retail experience if you want to even hire them?
0: What
2: are you going to school for? I'm going to LSU at the moment. I am a theater major. I'm going to get a minor in education. I'll be able to teach at the college level, which I want to do if acting doesn't work out. I also possibly want to get another minor in English and then another minor in minority history.
1: Oh, wow. You've got it together. It seems like you've got plans going ahead. You're super busy. You mentioned pre-show that part of your process has been dying your hair right now. You've got some great Billie Eilish, yellow, green hair going on that I think you're gonna dye probably this weekend again. What advice do you have for other people that are experiencing something similar and what's been a good coping mechanism for you to push on ahead?
2: Well, everyone has their own form of a coping mechanism, but I would say if like you have the right mindset to get you one of these, cause like <laughs> literally they do so much for you and you don't even realize it.
1: This right? is Carl uh, Holden's cat that he's now cradling like a little baby.
2: Yeah, I've had him for approximately six months now. So he came like right after the incident. We got him like three months. He's had a very traumatic life as well. He got hit by a car when he was little. I would say get a support animal and then if you don't want one, then I guess find a way of coping. Coping for me, it's never really been like a difficult thing. My biggest way of coping is dyeing my hair. Like, I talk a lot to my friends and listen to music. I draw on it all the time. I would say just find some sort of coping mechanism, nothing like too drastic. Just find something to help you cope.
0: Is there anything that you wanted people to know about you or your case or anything that you haven't said or some sort of misconception you want to write or anything like that that this platform can help you get out?
2: The biggest thing would be I wasn't jumped. Everyone has this suspicion that I was jumped. I don't know why. I don't know how one person by himself can jump a person. But I wasn't jumped. I was taken by surprise. So much stuff happened that night, and I'm still trying to figure out the order of things. I'm pretty sure I started off with being strangled, but now I'm starting to get the suspicion that I was hit in the back of the head. Because I was hit in the back of the head, I'm just trying to figure out the order of things. That's why I'm ready for court, so I can know the exact order of things happened. So when I first woke up, I asked was I hit with something because I thought I was, and they're like, no, which kind of messed me up because how you're going to tell someone no if they are still like they're literally like asking you. But I was hit with something. I thought at first it was probably from me being thrown so hard in the bathtub that my skull cracked. I spoke like a little bit with my paramedic, and he said that he found a washed off hammer in the sink. I have a very large bump now in the back of my head from where my skull was bashed in with a hammer. When I found that out, I wasn't surprised because I knew I was hit in the back of the head with something. It just gave me more of a, I don't know how to really say it. It just made me think that Chance was more stupid and to say it in the most blatant terms. He did multiple different things to try to kill someone and he failed. I'm just sitting here like, I don't know how he did all these things and still didn't succeed
1: to kind of pull in Michelle. We've talked about the Ted Bundys of the world just being statistically so rare, especially that this happened in our community. It's almost confronting and speaking to hold indirectly. How does this make you feel, this kind of statistic anomaly, something so horrible that this guy Chance did in our community?
0: These types of offenders are, planners are incredibly rare in that way. Individuals who show such different varieties of violence are also pretty rare. To see the degree of grooming is also uh, an uncommon aspect of offending. I am happy to see that this person is currently incapacitated and hopefully will maintain that way so the public can be protected. We've had offenders before. We've had serial offenders in our community, um, the Brandon Scott Laverne, the Derek Todley, who exhibited some some similar behavioral pattern to the offender in this case. It is a bit of a relief that this offender was apprehended, hopefully very early in his trajectory of offending. I just have to say there's so much resiliency in Holden. The way you talked about the way that you cope, I loved that. You explain all these different ways in which you express yourself. You practice self-care with your hair, with uh, your poetry that you love to read. And then you open yourself up to the people who are safe for you. You found safe places to land, whether it's with your cat or your friends or your family. And that's just really, really impressive because it sounds like it comes easy to you. And I would bet that for many people, it does not we hold our worries in we tell ourselves terrible things we don't offer ourselves safe places largely out of fear and behavioral patterns and so i think that you'll be an inspiration to a lot of people just in the way that you are taking care of yourself oh thank you
2: that means a lot that's my biggest thing that i have wanted with this incident is just to show people that i'm not affected by it I mean, of course, I've had my moments where I have gotten sad. Like, my most recent one was when I recently went go see my surgeon. I've told him that, like, I'm still experiencing, like, severe, like, numbness. I got upset because he told me that there is a big possibility that it might not come back. When he told me that, of course, when you have numbness in your hand, you're going to not use it as much as a hand that you have full feeling in. For him to tell me that, I got a little bit upset I have come to the point that I need to just push on with it. I mean, my main goal is just to keep on going to therapy. The numbness, if it stays there, then I mean, so be it. I want to be able to use it again. That's my biggest thing, and it's getting there slowly. I mean, I'm able to bend back a little. I want people to know that there's always a safe place, no matter where you are, no matter who you're with. I'm happy that I'm able to help so many people, and that's my goal is to continue helping people.
1: That's such an amazing stance to take on what you've experienced firsthand. I really commend you for that. Just one other thing that I'd really want to kind of pull into the mix about your case. I'm so glad that they were, they're were. they pushing for the hate crime. I think this is going to greatly affect other people and help anyone else that might experience something like this. It might create some sort of precedence. And also letting people know that a hate crime can happen. It could be a gay person, a gay offense towards another gay man. I know that some people, even though it's 2021, they may not be able to comprehend that this happens. You can probably speak to that better than anyone.
2: The biggest thing that I have come to realize is that many people, as you said earlier on, that people have thought my case has been very controversial. Just because someone's gay doesn't mean that they can't commit a hate crime against a gay person. That's the same thing as racism, for example. Anyone can be racist. I mean, they have white people out there who don't like being white. That's why I want people to realize that a gay on gay hate crime can happen. But another thing I want people to realize is that even if it wasn't a hate crime or anything like that, there's still no reason why it should have went to the type of extent that it went. This was a hate crime because he had internalized homophobia, and secondly, he had a picture, like he idolized Jeffrey Dahmer. If you go into detail on what Jeffrey Dahmer did, you would realize the type of crimes that he did. And I have people try to argue with me on how Jeffrey Dahmer used to alert gay people, gay people because they were easier victims to choose. What people don't realize is that because just because someone's gay doesn't make them an easier victim they're gay because they love that type of gender. It doesn't matter if they're gay. It doesn't make them an easier target. You're just targeting them because they're gay. I want people to realize that I can't argue this enough, but literally people just sit here and try to argue back and forth that I'm not going anywhere with my argument. I know what I know. I see what I saw. If they were sitting in my stance, they would be fighting for the same rights that I am fighting for today when you sit there and literally watch your wrists open, you're going to sit there and fight for what you believe in. I don't understand why everyone just thinks that it was just a little, cause I'm sorry, I'm ranting now, I'm getting upset. But literally like Lafayette Police Department labeled it as a lover's quarrel, but we are meeting up for our first date. So how could it be a lover's quarrel for meeting up for our first date? Secondly, how are you gonna cut it off as a lover's quarrel? There's no way that an argument gets that bad they labeled it not a hate crime because they didn't have enough evidence. Me, myself and all the things that I went through were the evidence that you had for itself. And then when you look at his profile picture, that's another set of evidence. You see the type of person that he is following. He is literally having a serial killer post that profile picture. And then when you scroll through more pictures on his profile, you see other serial killers. I don't understand why people feel the need to defend someone who did such a heinous crime. You slice open someone's wrist. You stab them in the throat six times with just the tip of the, the knife, basically like torturing a person. And then you strangle them and you bash the back of their head with the hammer. What's in there seems right. I don't understand. He thought I was dead. That's why he called the police. He thought that I was dead. He wanted the police to do something with the body. That is why he called. He basically didn't want to do anything with the body. And he was like, I'm, like he was accepting his crime. He confessed. He confessed to murder.
1: You're amazing and thank you so much. Michelle, do you have anything that you might want to tack on? I know been, jump on at any point. Yeah, I just wanted to say thanks for making yourself vulnerable and
0: telling us the story and we look forward to seeing how bright your future going to be.
2: Thanks. I mean, that's all I want to do mainly is just keep everything positive and keep on going and continue to fight for my case. And that's the one thing that I'm never going to stop doing, whether it's after court, before court, the day of court, I'm not going to stop. And I want everyone to realize that because he deserves to be pressed with the crimes that he deserves. As an ending statement, I just want people to know that you can never stop fighting for something that you believe in, no matter what it is. And if anyone or everyone is against what you believe in, that doesn't matter because you still believe in it and it's your belief and you must not let anyone else influence your beliefs
1: you're awesome and thank you so much we're going to be following your case closely and if you ever want to come back on please do and update us thanks everybody till next time keep us updated and thank you again bye thank you